Hello and welcome back to The Social Disease. I'm Jasper. And I'm Bridget. And today we are wrapping up Degrassi High season one. Boo. Usually I'm like, yay, but that means we're coming to an end here. Yeah, we only got one season left. And then we're never going to talk again? I guess not. Oh, well, cool, I guess. (laughs) Didn't want to anyway, then. (laughs) I guess there is the Kids of Degrassi Street. I don't know if that's accessible at all (laughs) anywhere. Couldn't tell you. Maybe we'll look into it. I mean, I also would not really want to watch that because that is all middle school plots. Oh, my like biggest fear come to life. I don't think I can do that and be okay after. Yeah, maybe I think even elementary school plots might be the most of it, actually. Oh, God. What like, even is an elementary school plot? <laughs> like um, Arthur or like, what? what's the new one these days? Bluey? Bluey. Sorry, I thought you meant Arthur, like, the the character in the show. I was like, go on, what about him? Got it. Oh, Arthur, like, the like, aardvark. Yes, that I thought he was an anteater. Or is that his teacher? I think he's an aardvark. And then, I think, aren't those the same thing? No. Anteater's got the nose. Oh, yeah, I guess Arthur doesn't have a nose. Aardvark. <laughs> okay, anyway, we will think very strongly about kids of degrassi street but don't get your hopes up but until then we're gonna finish up today with our good friends alexa michelle erica heather lucy and spike the ladies the main ladies sorry about the other ladies but these these are the main ladies of degrassi (laughs) girl squad Uh, Absolutely. Do you have anything you want to say about how the season's going so far? Do you want to just get right into Alexa and Michelle? Uh, We could just wrap up the season at the end. All right. That works for me. Okay. Yes. So we're going to start off with Michelle. Also the itty bitty crumbs that Alexa gets as well. So let's just get right into it because we have a lot to get get through. (laughs) So (laughs) the season starts where it's the start of the new school year and people are fawning over Simon because he is in a big new ad campaign. His pictures are all over the magazines and such and all the girls are obsessed with him. Alexa gets super jealous. And when this goes on for like, I guess, most of a day, (laughs) she goes up to Simon and dumps him and says... Like, oh, go have fun with your, like, famous shit. (laughs) I'm breaking up with you. Then Simon chases after her and says, all these other girls don't matter to me and I only care about you. And they stay together. Very cute. We then switch over to Michelle, where just at the end of the school day, Michelle goes home and her mom is, like, heading out the door saying, I'm moving out. (laughs) Me and your dad are separating. Michelle is super confused, especially when her dad does not tell her what happened. But her good friends, Alexa and BLT, give her some support. Michelle is assuming that because her dad is kind of an annoying person, that her dad must have cheated and that's why her mom left. Her negative feelings towards her dad get even worse when her dad starts making new rules around the house, basically because he cannot take care of himself. Because he never learned how to as a 40-something-year-old man. And is like, Michelle, 
you're going to need to do all the chores around the house now because I don't know how to do them and I can't cook for myself. So Michelle kind of takes on the role of her father's mother, which is very uncomfortable. And I really feel for her. The next day at school, her mom comes to visit her and says that actually she was the one who was having the affair. So this makes Michelle even more confused now because she's not sure who was, which of her parents was wrong because her mom cheated, but her dad's kind of trash. So like, what's going on here? But at home, her dad like clearly, clearly cannot take care of himself for shit. So after hearing that her mom was the one who cheated, she feels sad for him and feels obligated to stay with him. BLT tries to convince her otherwise, and that makes Michelle even more upset, but BLT says that he will be there for her. A bit of time passes, and we get to the point where it's just before Michelle's 16th birthday, and her dad gives her her grandmother's ring as a present. But even though her dad has given her this expensive ring, he won't let her go out with her friends for her birthday because it's a school night. <laughs> So Michelle really does not understand the hypocrisy and her friends joke that she should just get, get her own place because her dad is such a terrible person. Later, she's walking home with BLT and her dad sees her kissing BLT outside and being the racist that he is, he ends up yelling at Michelle saying that she is not allowed to see him <laughs> because he is a quote-unquote bad influence. Michelle calls him calls him a racist and leaves home going to stay at Alexa's place all on her 16th birthday. <laughs> she then thinks of her friends joking about how she should get her own place and she starts looking around town looking for apartments. There's a whole cute little montage of the whole squad going around Toronto looking for apartments for her to stay in and she eventually lands on a shared apartment that is $250 a month. I really envy anybody who could find a $250 a month rent in this day and age. But because she is a high schooler, Michelle doesn't even have that money. So she ends up pawning her expensive grandmother's ring to pay the deposit for the apartment. And her friends help her move in to help her pay the bills and like feed herself and stuff. She also ends up getting a job at the local donut shop. And because of this, she ends up getting... She ends up like working really late because she can only work after school, which makes her very tired at school. She's getting to school late. She's missing a ton of assignments. She even misses Alexa's birthday party. And at one point, I think her boss calls her in to be like, hey, somebody like is sick. Can you come in? And she's like, it's a school day. I can't. And her manager is like, you could skip school once, can't you? Which like, oh my God, I could not believe that. But anyway... Her dad ends up visiting her apartment to get the grandmother's ring back. And he also tells Michelle that she is being unreasonable and to just move home. Michelle kind of rebuffs him saying like, I could take care of myself. I don't need you anymore. But ultimately, when Michelle continues to miss school, the school ends up calling her dad and he ends up showing up to school to talk to BLT to find out where she is. He is actually pretty honest with BLT saying like, hey, I know we've had our quote-unquote differences but I really care about Michelle and I know you do too so please help me find her so BLT ultimately ends up helping her dad find her at the donut shop and her dad is then honest to Michelle saying that things have been rough without the mom but that he is trying to change and he offers to actually let Michelle stay in the apartment but to pay some of the rent to help her out so that she doesn't need 
to work as much and that she could continue going to school. And this is essentially the start of Michelle repairing her relationship with her dad. There's also a little side plot in this whole debacle with Alexa, where <laughs> it is also Alexa's 16th birthday around this time. And she gets very upset when nobody can come to her birthday party because Michelle is working. Simon gets an acting job and all of her friends are busy doing things. So she ends up taking her birthday cake to LD, who is in the hospital. So that was a cute little side plot on Alexa's end. But back to Michelle, the last episode with her is its final season. And Michelle has started taking some caffeine pills because she, even though her dad is helping her out, she still has to go to work. She is still not getting much sleep and she can't, she doesn't have time to study. So Beauty isn't very happy about Michelle taking these drugs, but Michelle says that she's fine. She then explains that her dad wants her to come move home because she's doing so poorly in school lately. And she wants to prove him wrong, saying like, oh, I could take care of myself and such. However, like at one point, BLT goes to Michelle in the library just to like talk to her. And she starts having a whole meltdown, like leave me alone and like starts throwing some books at him. And she ends up fainting. Later, when she wakes up, the nurse ends up telling her that things could have been a lot worse and to stop taking the caffeine pills. <laughs> and then the final episode, or, or the final scene of the episode, is BLT has Michelle tell him that he was right, and that she promises to stop taking the caffeine pills. And that's all we got for Michelle and Alexa this season. Ooh, Michelle had way more than I remembered. Oh my goodness. Icon. She was so good in this. I'm honestly... I did not expect them to give her as much. I kind of figured that she would kind of stay Alexa's like background friend, but she really stepped it up this season. Yeah, I was so proud of her in all of this, honestly. Oh yeah, she did great. Do we want to talk about Alexa before Michelle at all? I mean, like there isn't too much really besides the fact that Alexa and Simon break up and get back together one more time. Why not, right? I just think Alexa is so funny. She might be like one of the funniest characters in all of Degrassi. Oh yeah, I would love to be friends with her. She seems like she's one of those people who just like you look at them and you just like laugh because you know whatever they're thinking or whatever they're gonna do is just gonna make you laugh. Yeah. She's also a really good friend too, like even despite that. Yeah, she's definitely a good friend. I don't really think she treats Simon like the best. Although, you know, they're finally going steady this season officially even though i don't know what they've been doing before then <laughs> they're like the, they're taking the longest time to be dating i think we just don't know exactly what dating was back then i think i think there's just like such a different take on it than there is now but yeah i guess basically just for her to be jealous and be like we're over and then simon be like girl you're dumb i love you let's just stay together and she's like okay sounds good like that's so classic high school yeah. I also like how Simon is kind of famous. It's really funny. Yeah, I was trying to remember if, because did he do any of this commercial stuff when he first transferred in? Yeah, that's why Stephanie was obsessed with him. She's like, oh my god, he's the guy on like the commercial. Right. So this is pretty consistent for them to keep up with that, for him to do another thing over the summer. Yeah, and they're always, at least throughout this season, they're always talking about like, oh, Simon has like an acting job that he has to apply for. 
and like he yeah he, he has to miss alexa's birthday because he has a gig it's funny because next generation tries to do that with craig and manny and zoe comes in as famous but i think this is the most realistic version of like high school famous that people could be like yeah i can get on board with that that makes sense right like he does some side commercials he still attends school like he's a cute kid like he does the film for the kids for lucy's film project like he's just an average kid who's just doing some side acting gigs and i respect it yeah like he's not famous famous but like he would run into like some some mom in the grocery store and be like oh my god you're such a cutie pie <laughs> i saw you in the exactly i love simon i feel like simon and lex are cute even though they break up and get back together like it's their job <laughs> and they're they're just they're cute i'm into it i don't think there's much more to them other than that though in this season yeah i just think they're good friends to whoever they're they're talking to like, i agree like they always good give some good advice simon's always down to like get dragged along right He's like, yeah, I'll come. I'll do it. I'll go sh- apartment shopping with you. I'll do this. It's cute. Uh, I like it. Yes. Okay. But for Michelle, mm-hmm. where do you want to start? <laughs> I mean, we have to start with her parents' divorce because that's really what spirals everything and with the apartment and whatnot. So we're watching this. We see the parents split. We kind of know that her dad's a piece of shit from last season when she first kind of starts hanging out with BLT and he's saying like, I don't want you dating him because I know what people think and it's dangerous. And like, I think her mom was kind of on board with that too, unfortunately. I'd say her dad is more of the stereotypical racist of like, oh my God, a black person, get me away. Whereas her mom was like the, the more liberal take of like, oh, people will look at you differently. So I don't care. But, like, other people might. So that's why you shouldn't date him. Right. That's what I was thinking. And then this season, now that her parents are getting divorced, they kind of just put her dad on, like, he's, like, the front man for being racist in this and hating BLT, kind of. Like, I mean, we're we're both in agreement that he is racist, right? Yeah. Okay. Just want to make sure that he's not just, like, oh, he's just parenting. He doesn't want his daughter to date you know like worry about school blah 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 no the underlying thing is that like he just doesn't want her dating blt because he's black and now we have that added layer of the parents are divorced and he's literally never done a chore in his life oh my god i would die if i was married to somebody who didn't know how to do their own laundry well so uh, of course i'm not married but i've had several roommate experiences with other guys where there was one time in college where I asked one of my roommates to pick up like a a two a toilet brush and he was like what is that I was like oh my god ew <laughs> ew ew oh my god ew that's so horrifying gross yeah and then I had another roommate that was like I can't clean the dishes every day because I can't clean spoons they just always splash the water back at me I'm like, dude. <laughs> okay, so don't use spoons then, sir. <laughs> yeah, so unfortunately, men not knowing how to care for themselves is a real thing. 
Yeah, it's definitely a real thing. I think it also kind of fits into the whole, like, he probably lived at home with his mom who did everything for him until he got married and then he met his wife and then she did everything for him. And, you know, falling into those stereotypical house rules of wife does the cooking and the cleaning and the chores and, like, I go to work, which is totally why she probably cheated on him and left him is because he wasn't giving anything in this relationship. Like, what the heck? He was another child to them. That's the thing where, like, Michelle kind of has this pull, push and pull between her where she's like, my dad is kind of trash, but, like, my mom is the one who cheated, so she's kind of the bad guy here. But I'm just like, I'm glad her mom got out, honestly. Yeah, I think that's almost what this season, or what Degrassi wanted us to think. Like, we wanted to hate the dad so much, right? We wanted to be like, he's a racist. He doesn't know how to do anything. He's so horrible to Michelle. Like, he just doesn't even let her go out and do anything. And then we find out the mom cheated, and you're kind of like, do we blame her, though? Yeah, right. <laughs> We're like, are we supposed to be like, oh, no nah I can't be like that because he's just so shitty yeah like I do get Michelle's perspective where these are her parents so it's like it is more um nuanced where like the mom who you have seen every day of your life is has cheated on your dad who you've seen every day of your life so it's obviously different from our perspective where we see (laughs) where we don't care about the dad at all to begin with right and we also saw not like exact similar situation, but we know the hardships of parents splitting up and like immediately dating based on, you know, Arthur and Stephanie's first few seasons over in the junior high where, you know, the parents split and then it's like tough and then they're dating. Whereas like this aspect is kind of like we're watching like starting fresh. Michelle's dad's a piece of shit, so he's not dating anybody anytime soon. And now he expects Michelle to step it up. And I think part of it, he definitely feels dumb. Like he admits it, you know, he's frustrated. He dyes all of his clothing pink. And he's like, how embarrassing is it that like a man my age, like can't do my own laundry. It's like, good. I'm glad you're owning it because yeah, that is embarrassing. And for him to put it on Michelle is just so disappointing. And like, it just adds to why she wants to move out. And I don't blame her. Yeah. Like, the breaking point, of course, was her dad being racist once again, where it's like, at this point, Michelle is taking care of him, and then he has the audacity to tell her who she can and can't date, because he's a racist. And it's like... Yes! No, I'm so... I'm right there with you. The fact that he is, like, he's just ruining her life with this divorce. He's taking it out on her. That is, like, the best way to think about it. He's taking it out on her by not letting her go out at all during the week. Like, your marks, your marks, your marks. It's like, dude, she's like 15. Like, you're right, turning 16. Like, I understand school's important, but also this girl, like, doesn't have a life because you're taking it away from her. Do you think he's still, well, like, we know that he didn't like BLT because BLT was Black, unfortunately, or is Black, but do you think he still would have been as strict about her going out if she was dating in general? Because honestly, I feel like he would have been. Maybe not to the extent of, like, the racist aspect of it, but I think, based on what we were seeing, I feel like he would just kind of be, like, weirdly jealous and be like, no, you have to stay home and help me. Like, you can't go out with your boyfriend. Like, a weird dad moment. Yeah, well, because I think when she was trying to go out on her 16th birthday, it's not like he knew BLT was going to be there. 
and he's still right. just from going. So I think he's just controlling. And that's it. Yeah. You're right. That's the best way to put it. He absolutely is controlling and it's so exhausting to watch. And I just feel for her so much, but it definitely happens. Like I'm sure that happens to kids. Unfortunately, I wish the custody situation was better though. Seems like she's always with him. Like I, I know she initially said she would stay with her dad because she felt bad for him having been cheated on. Right. I wonder why she, I forget if they ever talked about why she didn't go to her mom rather than getting her own place if I were to like guess and this is like a complete like assumption it could be because she cheated the divorce like let could probably sway more towards the dad like with custody wise because usually if you're the one that's like if you cheated or if you're like abusive or whatever like you have less chance of like having full custody so there's a slight chance maybe the mom like when in court or whatever the part we don't see they're like, oh, well, since you cheated, like, you don't get custody of your daughter. And, like, now Michelle is like, okay, well, instead of living with her, I guess I just have to, like, get an apartment because technically I'm still under my dad's custody kind of thing. Yeah. That's the only way I can, like, rationalize it because I was thinking the exact same thing. Why doesn't she just move with her mom? That's free. Yeah, I feel like they probably did address it. I can't remember what it was. Maybe it was just her mom lives too far away from the school that it would be, like, very logistically challenging to <laughs> That's like a way easier way around it. So I think that might be right <laughs> than my reasoning of like the court being involved. I mean, that would make sense too. A little bit of everything. But regardless, she ends up moving out. She finds a $250 a month apartment, pawns Which, her grandma's ring. Jasper, can we just talk about $250 apartment? I know. <laughs> like my cheapest apartment that I've lived in was $635 and it was a studio so I didn't even have a bedroom I slept in my living room but I was like this is pretty reasonable 250 that that you could only pay if you rent a room in an apartment that people are already renting that I think is like the only way well it does seem like she really just has one room in this house probably a shared bathroom and that's it so it doesn't make sense why it's cheap but that definitely makes sense. I wanted to look up like money conversion from what year do you think this is? 1980? 89 or something maybe. But yeah, I was like, oh my God, the 80s, $250 rent. I don't think you could find like even a closet <laughs> for $250. Right? That's insane. Okay. So today, in today's money, it would be about six hundred and twenty dollars so it pushed it is pushing my studio rent in today's money wow which like still is unbelievable for a high school to pay anyway not the point <laughs> sorry i just wanted to look that up and i do like how they brought in the grandma's ring into it for one thing to explain how she is able to pay first and last month's rent and like help herself for at least the first month because it also brought her dad back into it to be like give me my mother's ring back please honestly screw him for that like I would be like you're giving your daughter this gift and then you're like give it back and I understand that she had pawned it and that's like the whole problem but what is with him like how could you 
be any worse to be like give me back my gift that I gave to you my daughter yeah like he he doesn't realize that he's the problem yes and that just proves it too because like I said her pawning it probably not great but for him to give it to her as a gift on her birthday and then is like you can't hang out with your friends and also give that back to me now screw him I did like the apartment hunting scene it was cute it was really cute I liked it a lot Yes, but then when she is living alone and she has this job at the donut shop, her life kind of starts falling apart because she can't juggle it all. And I think this is like more realistic than maybe some of the other overwhelming plots. Like I was obviously thinking of Allie because she also ends up taking upper pills at one point. And Allie, her issue was like she's trying to graduate early. So she's taking like 10 classes at once. And also trying to go to a Jay-Z concert. So she goes off the rails. And that just seemed to escalate very, very quickly. Whereas Michelle, it seems like there was a longer time period, at least. During which, like, she got more and more overwhelmed, which led to the pills later in the season. And even besides the pills, like, the situation that she was in felt more realistic than Allie having all these teachers put all this work on her when they know what she's going through. Yeah, I think what you're saying is absolutely true. And it stands for a lot of the plots in this season in general for Degrassi. Like like I had said when we first started recording for the last episode, this season of Degrassi felt like what Degrassi is. It feels like the plots are reasonable. There's no reaching. There's no like oh, so-and-so killed someone and then they joined a gang or, like, so-and-so is, like, selling drugs to, like, pay for their baby. Like, none of that's happening. You know what I mean? The things that are happening are realistic. For her to want to move out at 16, it seems like this happens in Canada at least a lot because this is ha- this happens in other plots in Degrassi with, like, Sean and Ellie and just, like, other people finding apartments and Drew, I'm pretty sure, or maybe not Fiona. Fiona, thank you. Well, she's rich, different. But <laughs> but what I'm saying is that this progression of Michelle's family being her father being shitty. So she's like, I want to move out, selling the ring, trying to balance the home life, the school life, the relationship, saving the money, and then turning to caffeine pills. Just like it all makes sense. And I don't think there's a single reach in this. I think it just all fits. And I really appreciated that. Like a natural progression. Yeah, because it's also pretty well established that Michelle is good at school before this. So for her to suddenly be sleeping in class and not turning in her assignments and now having bad grades, it really shows us how poorly she's doing living by herself and doing everything by herself at 16 right exactly and I guess like the only thing that kind of redeems himself is what like the father is when he like offers to help kind of pay some of the rent yeah but they had to do something otherwise no one would like him right (laughs) like there was no reason for anybody to like him until he was like okay I can help you out like he does have that nice scene with BLT, which I I didn't like it necessarily, but I guess I liked that he was making some effort to not be a racist asshole. 
Yeah, it it kind of felt like one of those things where it's like we have common ground and it's that we both care about Michelle and like we need to look past our differences when in reality his difference is that he's just fucking racist. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like it's like okay, well I guess we can look past that for one minute because we care about Michelle, but uh, fine. So even though her dad kind of turns it around towards the end, BLT is really the one who was there for her the whole time. So how do you think about their relationship in this season? I love them. I'm so disappointed about what ends up happening, but like, I love them. Yeah. I think like, that's me alluding to next season, by the way, not this season. In this season, I think they're great. I think he's so supportive. I love how they got together last season and then they're still together. And I think he just genuinely cares about her. He wants her to be happy. He like supports her by going to look at these apartments together. He, you know, doesn't get mad when she snaps at him when she's high as hell on those caffeine pills. (laughs) Right. Like he's just kind of understanding and for him to go and talk to her dad just shows how like mature and how much he cares about her. And I think that they might be the OG couple of this season. Oh, absolutely. They're the only couple I really root for in this, like, all all of old Degrassi. I know. And what's nice about them, too, is that their plots aren't only just about them being, like, white and black coupled together. You know, like, there's other things that play into their relationship and they do other things together. And, like, them and Simon and Alexis, like, just the double dating of them together just makes me so happy. Right? I love their little friend group. I think it's such a good squad. Yes. So I love them. I think BLT's a great boyfriend for her. Oh, Especially through all of this. Yes. Because even, like, this is my last thing for this, I promise. I just love him. He didn't, he doesn't have to put up with her family either. He very well could have been like, I'm sorry, like, your parents are racist. I'm not in the business of changing their mind. So, like, I think we should break up. He doesn't look at it like that. He's like, oh, we're going to keep doing what we're doing. I'm going to walk you to your house. I'm going to kiss you in front of your neighbors. And I don't care. And I think that's just like so I just respect it so much. It's because Michelle is like a genuinely good person that she's worth dealing with this nonsense for. I know she's so sweet and like mature. And I really like her as a character. I'm so glad that they did this for her. I'm glad that they didn't just keep her as kind of like Alexa, where she doesn't really have any plots that aren't related to Simon they're really doing more for her and I appreciate it yeah I feel like Michelle in comparison to the characters we were talking about last last episode where it's like why are they focusing on them when they're not really going to put effort into develop them developing them past this Michelle is the anti-example of that where it's like she started off I think in the season two episode where she's like I'm shy and don't want to present my class presentation then they like put in the work where she starts showing up more in other people's plots. She gets the one plot last season with starting to date BLT. So now it makes sense that now she has like, she has a two-parter. Like that's super rare that she has the whole two-parter to herself. Yeah. So yeah, I think they just did a great job with Michelle. 100%. I totally agree with her with you about her (laughs) anything else for michelle alexa blt simon any of that 
Did you have any thoughts about like her job at the donut shop? Not really. I guess like kind it doesn't really surprise me that in the 80s they're kind of like just skip school and like come to work, I guess. It kind of reminded me of Drew not attending school and working at that like weird stand in the mall. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Where they're like, we have to work during the day. I feel like it's very possible for her to work every day after school and make the money she needs to make. But I also have no idea what minimum wage was back then, to be honest. But I do, I feel like we've, there are bosses out there that are like, what do you mean you have school? Why? Yeah. Why does that matter? Like, what? <laughs> well, because the, the manager, when Michelle was applying, was like, you know, I've hired some high schoolers before and it didn't, it went really badly. So it's like, she knows what's up. So I kind of felt like she was taking advantage of Michelle, knowing that like she needed the money to be like, oh, right. I'm short staffed, come in, even though you, you need to skip school. Yeah, nah, just a shitty boss. Not really that surprised. I'm trying to think though, when they were making plants, like when we were talking about like Kathleen and them and Maya and them going to the donut shop, is this like the same shop? Oh, it might be. It must be. <laughs> That's so random. How many donut shops are like popular in, in this town? Right. Um. Yeah, that's all I got for Michelle, I think. All right, cool. Okay, so you want to move on to our main girl, Lucy? I absolutely do. All right. So, Lucy. We already talked about her a little bit on and off before. First thing she really does in this season is she has a fun time messing with the guys, the zits, when they ask her to use her camera for their music video. She initially says no when the guys say they want to use Clutch's car because she wants nothing to do with Clutch, but the twins convince her otherwise because Heather has a crush on wheels. And she actually has a really fun time making the video and like at the end of this episode, working with Clutch, she says that Clutch, quote unquote, passed. So like he is now back in her good graces after he like nearly assaulted her last season. <laughs> so a couple episodes after that, Lucy is excited for Erica and Heather's party and she invites Clutch to come. And she tells the girls, the twins, that, oh, maybe I'll get back together with Clutch. We also find out that LD has been in the hospital getting tests done. Lucy drops in to just tell LD about the party and that she might get back together with Clutch and that she'll stop by right before the party. And when she does stop by, LD tells Lucy that she has just found out that she has been diagnosed with leukemia. And she is pretty terrified because her mom, as we learned in season one of junior high, died of cancer. That was the whole thing with LD being super afraid of hospitals and not wanting to visit her dad when he was sick. So Lucy is like, oh, that really sucks, LD. Like, I'll give, I'll give you my love. And LD says not to tell anybody else about her diagnosis. But Lucy ends up coming back with a stuffed animal and some magazines to try and cheer LD up. Kind of throughout the rest of the season, Lucy is continuing to visit LD. But LD is still being kind of adamant that she doesn't want any anybody to know what's wrong with her. LD at this point has been going through chemotherapy and has lost all of her hair, been feeling very sick. And she expresses that she is upset that she is going to be spending her 16th birthday in the hospital. So at this point, LD tells Lucy that she could tell the twins at least, which of course gets 
that ends up getting around the school. So everybody ends up knowing. But Lucy says that she wants to make a video for LD for her birthday so that all of her friends and classmates could wish her a happy 16th birthday. So she gets lots of people to contribute. There's a couple little montages. It's very cute. Scooter and Kathleen, the dynamic duo apparently, come together to make a rap for LD. Amy and Allison get pied. Very funny gag. And Tim does a magic trick. So on her birthday, everybody comes to the hospital to surprise LD with the video, some presents, and a birthday cake that was originally Alexa's. And LD is happy. And this is actually the last time we ever see her, unfortunately, on her 16th birthday, having a good time with her friends. Next thing, and the final thing, is we continue with Lucy with her camera, where she wrote a feminist horror slasher script for an English assignment. And she had a really fun time writing it. So she asks her teacher, Mr. Wallfish, if instead of doing their next assignment, they make it into an actual film. Mr. Wallfish agrees, and over the weekend, she gets all of her friends to come to the school to make the movie. A lot of them aren't really taking it very seriously. They're like, oh, this is so cheesy. The boys especially are like, oh, why would I would never die to a female murderer? That's crazy. But they have a fun time making the video. We got Caitlin as the murderer. Wheels gets brutally murdered a couple times. Simon is like the classic himbo jock who gets killed in the shower. It's all very cute. And after she edits the whole thing, they, they show the finished product in their class. And Lucy is embarrassed when everybody is laughing at the movie instead of being afraid. So she ends up walking out during the movie and Mr. Wallfish comes out to comfort her telling her that it's just her first film and that it is great, everybody is enjoying it, and that because it's her first shot, she can only improve from here. So she ends up seeing that everybody likes the movie and she kind of accepts that it was a fun time at least. And that's kind of it for Lucy. We do find out just in the last episode that LD has gone into remission and she is now back home from the hospital. And that's kind of it. Okay. Sorry, wait, I'm confused. Are we, I feel like that was like all LD. Was there nothing else for Lucy that whole time? Well, I guess the thing with LD is everything about LD is from Lucy's perspective. Right. So that's why I put it under Lucy, because we don't really see LD's feelings about having cancer, which is something I wanted to talk about. (laughs) Okay, because then this one definitely should have been like, Lucy and LD kind of it it basically is (laughs) it is it is let's yeah okay so this is Lucy and LD this is not just Lucy because I was like LD 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 let's go here where's Lucy (laughs) (laughs) my apologies no no that's totally fine well I think we should talk about Lucy first And then we'll go into LD, even though 99% of this is LD anyway. Yeah, sounds good. So, talking about Lucy and her film. Let's talk about her films. That's literally her, like, only main plot. Yeah. Besides being LD's, like, only friend in this. I think she does a great job. It kind of gives me... Did you ever watch The Office? No. Okay, I, I kind of had that feeling. I wasn't sure. But there's this whole thing where 
Michael Scott, who's like the main character of The Office, he makes this film called like Michael Scarn, and it's like about him. And basically, it's just like it's supposed to be this action film, but everybody's laughing because they think it's so funny because they think it's a comedy, and he takes it so personally. And then finally, his like girlfriend at the time is like, "No, they love it. Like they're enjoying it. They're cheering for it. Like you, you did a great job." And like it turns his mood around, and he kind of is like, "Yeah, I guess it is a little bit silly, but like everybody loves it." That's the exact same thing I got. Part of me wonders if like whoever made that episode of The Office watched this and just felt inspired by it. I thought it was so fun. I loved it. It was honestly a perfect episode, I think, where it's like there was good character development, but it also was just the kids being goofy. Yeah, I think I was going to say, I think this was one of my favorite episodes. I thought it was a really good time. It was so high school. It was, you know, I don't know, just like such a fun thing for the times. Like, you know, this wouldn't happen today. Like, it wouldn't be the same way to film it on like a camera and having to like go into school after hours and get like a teacher on the weekend to like come in and supervise and just do all these like silly things. Like she did an awesome job giving direction too. I enjoyed watching it. I thought it was such a, it was such a blast. Right? Like, she knew exactly what she wanted. Like, it was just so good how, how passionate she was about it. And, like, I think if it wasn't her friends who were in the video and then watching the video, they wouldn't have laughed. Like, they were laughing because it was them. <laughs> yes, exactly. Like, we know that. And I understand why she took it so personally, because she really did was like, it was supposed to be scary, but oh my gosh, when you're watching yourself act in a video for school, like, you're gonna lose your mind. You think it's so funny. Yeah, because they were also, like, super overacting. Like, I think Snake killed it with, with, like, when he tripped over the skeleton or something. It was like, ah! Yeah, he was so good. Joey did a great job when he was, like, being dragged with the glasses down the the window with the blood. Like, he did such a good job. They really put their heart and soul into this for Lucy. They're such good friends. Yeah, and they even had in the episode the the mini horror moment where Wheels was in the shower and the custodian, like, scares him. Yes, that was so funny. I was losing it. Part of me was wondering, like, if it was going to be who I thought it was going to be. Oh, my God. What's his name? Ah, uh, who was, like, coming in and watching or coming in and talking to Spike all the time. Shane? Yes. <laughs> It's gonna be Shane. I was like, what are they doing? And then they what because it was the same episode. Yeah. Where yeah. he was like coming to school, but <laughs> it was not Shane. <laughs> but yeah, it was I love this episode. It was so cute, so fun. I agree. I loved it. I think it was just yeah, it was good to see Lucy doing stuff. And it's cool that she was a film person like the entire season. She gets the camera, she helps out Joey, she makes her own film, like, good for her. I like it. It's fun. Yeah, like, it was just great to see her exploring a hobby, doesn't have any stupid boy problems this season, which was her whole thing last season. Yeah, I'm proud of her. I'm also proud of her for, like, ditching Clutch. Well, I have many thoughts about that, actually. Okay, let's talk about it, because there's only so much we could say about how good she is at being a filmmaker. Yeah. So... The first couple episodes of the season, it really seems like they're setting Lucy and Clutch to get back together, right? Where it's like, Clutch is still around, Lucy doesn't really want to talk to him, 
they kind of bury the bridge after doing the music video and then they're about to go to the the party together the twins party but then she ditches him for ld which is pretty much the exact opposite of what happened last season where i guess in last season it was specifically with paul but she ditched her friends to hang out with paul causing that whole drama and mm-hmm. she is ditching clutch who is basically the paul substitute to support her friend who is having a really hard time we love to see growth and also like clutch was the worst so i'm glad she didn't give him a second chance honestly yeah but i think the parallel is very purposeful to give us some hints about how lucy feels about ld oh yeah yeah right uh why didn't i see this coming okay jasper are they in love (laughs) I'm just saying, I don't know if I would bring you a teddy bear in magazines if you had cancer. Oh my god, Jasper. Take that back because even I would. I would literally do that for you. Jesus Christ. Well, but we talked about last season about how LD 100% has feelings for Lucy, right? Well, yeah, anybody who breathes can tell that. That's yeah. for sure. And I think... I mean, obviously it's not explicit because they weren't going to do that in the 80s. But I think Lucy also feels some type of way about LD. Like, it's one thing, okay, the the magazine and the teddy bear, sure, that's like, like she did the right thing in not going to the party and helping her friend, sure. She spent like a whole week making a birthday, making a birthday video for LD, right? That's not (laughs) nothing. I feel like she's a good I, okay I don't think Lucy's gay I can't even play into this one it's not like I think it's definitely one-sided I think LD is for sure in love with Lucy I don't think Lucy swings that way I don't even think she's bi I really just think that she is a good friend and I, feels horribly guilty for her friend who also lost her mother to cancer and now has cancer I think your threshold for friendship is low and I'm worried about that that's for sure I just think there's something there. And and it's mostly it's mostly the parallel with Clutch, I think, where she really liked Paul last season and ditched her friends. And now she's ditching it like in the same exact way, she's ditching the boy for somebody else, right? That somebody else last season was a love interest. Why is LD not a love interest at this point? I oh, see, I interpreted it differently like that she just like last season she was ditching her friends and she wasn't showing that like friendship was more important than like the guy in passing but this time she shows that friendship is more important than the guy in passing which is like why there's growth that's what I was interpreting like look I'm all for a secret lesbian couple in here I think Kathleen and LD should get together and I think they'll have a blast Kathleen? <laughs> like, Kathleen? I, I think she could maybe be a little bit. But Lucy can't. No, Lucy is not. I just don't get. I just don't get the vibes. I was feeling the vibes. 
LD 100% vibes are there. It would be like, there's just no way to deny it. I don't even think the writers can deny it. Like, I'm wondering if the actress is gay today. Like, I really would love to know. But I don't, I think the whole point of Lucy leaving the party to go be with her friend is to show like her growth in that sense. Also, I don't think LD would be Lucy's type is my I just if if we were playing into this I just don't see it I don't see it together I think Lucy's being a good friend in this case and I do think LD loves her but I don't I see think, it as a couple I think they, there could be something I'm not saying it's 100% like LD's feelings for Lucy but I think there is something there okay but you do agree that the writers probably wrote this to show her growth in friendship right Yes. Yes. Probably. <laughs> okay. Let's bring it back to what what probably was happening. No, I do think that LD is gay enough for Lucy for sure. But I don't think I could say the same for Lucy. Well, we'll never know. No, we won't because LD disappears. We don't know if she dies. We don't know if she lives. We don't know what happens to her. Well, they do tell us what happens to her next season. I think she just like after going into remission I think she goes on like a world trip with her dad or something oh okay that's a new one (laughs) it's like I need to live life to the fullest or something like that so (laughs) that's why she's gone okay Um, I can appreciate that but yeah she this is her last season the birthday episode is her last episode right so how do you feel about LD's cancer in general I don't think it was done super great. I feel like, like you had said earlier, it's all from Lucy's point of view. So we don't really see anything. And we got a point of view later on in Degrassi with Claire when she has cancer. And I kind of understand why they don't put it in the point of view of the act, like the character. I think watching Claire go through cancer is someone who like, I don't know. It was kind of, like, rough to watch. And I I could see why they probably were, like, Lucy is more of a main character. LD is not really a main character. We're giving her this plot. We don't want it to be too serious. I don't know. I didn't really like it that much, personally. What did you think? I agree. Like, my main problem with it is that it's just cruel to give this plot specifically to LD, given that... LD's only other plot that was just about her was LD is afraid of hospitals because her mom died of cancer. So I think it's just mean to give LD a plot where she has to live in a hospital because she has cancer. I'm very curious to see if you say the same thing about wheels. I'm very, very, very curious to see if you feel the same way. But we're not there yet. Well, so... Just really quickly, I think the distinction here is it's not like they were developing LD to get her to this point. It was just like, okay, LD has cancer now. So it's supposed to be, hey, it's ironic that LD has cancer because she had a fear of hospitals and cancer in the past. Like (laughs) that's what you as an audience member are supposed to be thinking. With wheels, we'll talk about that more when we get to it. But like, that like there's more of a through line as to point a to point b here it's just ld has cancer now isn't it so funny that she was afraid of cancer 
you know? Yeah, I can see it from that point. I agree that it's cruel. I think that's why it just like wasn't very entertaining to listen to and to watch. Yeah, I mean, there wasn't much to watch. Like, again, it was only from Lucy's perspective. So it's not like we saw LD struggling. We really just saw her be like, don't come in. Let me put my wig on first. And that was really it. It wasn't from her point of view. Cool. Like, no one really talked about it. Like, no one really was like, hey, LD, where, where is she at? Like, it kind of just was a, it kind of feels like what they did with Terry, where they threw her in a coma and then they called it a day. Yeah. Like, it really seemed like, like the exact same thing. It's like, we're just going to give this character a health problem so that we have a reason to write them off the show is what it right felt. yeah and if anything it just kind of showed like oh lucy's like a really good friend right and then that's it yeah it didn't really do anything to develop ld it was just ld has cancer now so we have some scenes in a hospital with her friends helping her e- out exactly right i agree good i'm glad we're on the same page about it because i really was like oh am i gonna sound like a dick if i say i don't like this because like it's just not it's just not good. And compared to how well other plots were going over with Degrassi, like, yeah, we had our dumb plots that we talked about, but like, they were executed. They were fine. They weren't offensive. They weren't like bringing out the worst in people. Like, it is what it is. And I feel like every other plot was pretty solid, but LDs, it was just a flop. Like, it just wasn't. They picked a weird, a bad person to do it to. They picked a hard thing to follow through with, especially with all the abortion things that were already going on in the season, like medically, like now we have another medical thing on top of what Shane's going through. Like we're going through a lot of things in one season medically. And I'm just like, not, this one was just thrown on the sideline. I just didn't like it. Yeah, I agree. It was just kind of there. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, LD has cancer now. We'll check back in with her sometime I guess right and I feel like they thought they were doing something by being like her mom had cancer and now she has cancer and like now she has to fight it and like all this stuff but I think it probably just didn't it just wasn't executed well yeah okay anything else for any of them for Lucy LD yay there it is final words from Jasper (laughs) gay lesbian 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 (laughs) yes all right we're moving into spike all right so spike doesn't have too much this season but we find out at the beginning that there is a degrassi daycare like on campus that spike leaves emma at during the day so that she could basically have no parenting problems this entire season (laughs) so the really the only thing that Spike has is she starts talking to this Irish transfer student, Patrick, who takes a liking to Spike when they're both wearing a Pogues t-shirt. So they have the same interest in music. So Patrick asks her out on a date, but she initially says no because she has to pick up Emma after school. But Patrick suggests that they just go for a short little walk before she has to pick up Emma. She ends up going on the date Spike ends up having a good time on the date, but she is kind of pretty assertive with him being like romantic and flirty towards her. Like he tries to buy her ice cream and she's like, no, 
I could pay that for myself. You're not going to do that to me. I am a strong, independent woman. But they kind of hit it off despite that. So they are kind of casually seeing each other for a while. We check back in with them when Patrick is singing a love song for Spike. But Spike expresses like she is kind of awkward around him a lot of the time. And at some point she starts to avoid him. So Liz starts questioning her about like, oh, what's wrong? Patrick's a great guy. And Spike says that she is afraid of liking him too much because she has so much baggage with being a mom and such. She also deprecates herself for being so short. And she's like, oh, it's just going to be a matter of time before he leaves me. And like, he's not going to like me once he really gets to know me. So Liz ends up telling Patrick all of this. <laughs> he then brings Spike to the side and is like, oh, stop being afraid. Take a chance. I really like you. And they, I guess at this point, they're officially together. So the last thing is towards the end of the season, Shane just pops up at Degrassi. He's visiting. We find out that he is going to like a special ed school to help him with his brain injury. And Spike at first tries to avoid him, but they eventually bump into each other in the hallway and he catches her and says hi, tells her what's going on, but he angers very easily. He calls everybody a big jerk or a dumb jerk. Like he says that two or three times in the episode. He, at one point, he asks her out on a date, but when she rejects him, he gets mad. But Spike is like, ah, oh, no, like, let's just hang out as friends. We'll just, like, get a coffee or something. And then we never see Shane again until, I guess, next gen. <laughs> okay. Yeah, this one, there wasn't too much to it. Let's start with, I guess, Spike kind of just... Finally getting back out there for herself. Not finally, but she had a whole baby and everything. So I'm proud of her. She's doing her best. You know, she's working. She's she's trying. And then Patrick, this like Irish dude, comes along out of nowhere. Right. Okay. So cool. random. So random. So cute. I love it. Liz, how about gay? <laughs> No. Gay for Spike. What do we think? Where where do you get that from? Liz being super weird about her talking to any man ever. Liz being weird about Spike talking to Patrick in general. And I feel like there's just such a negative vibe. Like every time Spike like thinks of the idea of like possibly dating patrick and then also like i understand that she's trying to protect spike when shane comes in but like the amount of protection she's trying to give is a little too much for me so i'm i'm saying gay and i'm surprised that you aren't feeling the same way because i feel like she's gayer than lucy is <laughs> honestly the vibe that i got at least with patrick was that liz has a crush on patrick not spike Really? I was getting it that Liz was pissed that Spike was now spending her free time, her only like barely free time with Patrick instead of Liz. Well, because Liz says to Spike, why are you avoiding him? He's such a cool guy. And then Liz goes out of her way to like tell Patrick about Spike's insecurities. Which is also a little bit of a, a leap there. I don't think you should be doing that to your friend, but okay. I mean, we know that Liz is a bad person this season. 
Yeah, no, I totally agree that she is a bad person this season. But I also think that she was like really not, she was really putting a little barrier at first in between going out of like Spike going out with Patrick and then Spike talking to Shane. But then she's like so happy when she goes to like pick up Emma from daycare with her and is like, oh yeah, I'll watch. Like, I don't know. I'm getting some vibes. I think you should rewatch it and think of it that way. But that's all I was getting this whole time. Cause like it was really confusing at first why Liz was so not into them like going out. I don't think she was ever against Spike going out with Patrick. But definitely I did think it was weird when she was like trying to pull Spike away from Shane. I did think that was weird for sure. Well, there's that. And then when Patrick first starts talking to Spike, she's like, you don't even know him. Like, who even is that? Like, what a weird, what a weird guy. Like, who is even talking? Like, she was so defensive for no reason. And I was like, what is her deal? I'm like, oh, right. She's just like Spike's only friend and like totally loves her, but it's fine. And wants to raise Emma with Spike forever. (laughs) Okay. Maybe. That's my my gay stretch for the season. Is this and yours is LD and Lucy? Yeah, I might need to rewatch because I think I was just predisposed to ignore Liz because she was so terrible <laughs> to Erica that I like kind of tuned her out when she was like saying anything. So maybe that's why I didn't catch on to anything. Oh, so you really were just kind of like ignoring any time Liz was on the screen because you were like, I hate this bitch. Right. Got it. I don't blame you. Liz was like really terrible this whole season. And like, I also was not feeling it, but I was kind of thinking she was jealous in a sense that she didn't want Spike spending any more time with anybody else. But I can see where you thought she maybe was just jealous of having a boyfriend in general. At least with the whole... Patrick thing it felt a little bit like Liz was saying like Patrick is such a great guy why are you ignoring him he likes you that gave me the vibe that Liz has a crush on Patrick and is like Spike isn't appreciating him right but overall what do you think about Spike and Patrick I think they're pretty cute honestly I do too I like them I like them. I think it's cute that he kind of is like cool with Emma, no problems. He's like, yeah, whatever. I don't care that you're a mom. I think it was nice that they introduced someone new. I don't think we could have had someone that's already like been there, especially because a lot of the guys were like Shane's friends. Right. And I like Patrick. I'm kind of into it. Yeah, he's nice. I don't have too much to say about him, especially, but I, I did like when Spike was talking about her insecurities. I thought that made a lot of sense. Liz was terrible to like just go and tell Patrick all of that. But yeah, I think that was kind of like shitty, but you know, I know I get why she did it, but I still don't really approve of it. Yeah. But I mean obviously we know they don't end up together. <laughs> right. Yeah. For now, for now I like them. Spike could maybe cool down a bit on letting a guy pay for some ice cream, though. Yeah, for real. I think Liz is running, rubbing off on her in, like, the extremist ways, unfortunately. You want to talk about Shane? Shane's appearance? Yeah. It was weird. I understand why they did it. I think they wanted you to, like, see where Shane was at and, like, where Shane's going to be at for the rest of his life due to his 
actions but I don't love that he's coming back as almost like a like it's like a punishment like he's like they're like this is what happens if you do this where it's like first of all that's probably not entirely true in any sense like that's not how it's gonna that's not how a traumatic brain injury is gonna go and like what was the point like what were we besides that you know besides like a PSA like it just kind of seemed not great yeah I didn't like it it was it felt a little offensive in how Shane was acting right I don't know it was just it didn't sit right with me how like he was being portrayed because the, I'm assuming the actor did not jump off a bridge in between seasons three and four. <laughs> so no, definitely not. I just feel like either the way he was directed to act with a traumatic brain injury or how he chose to act. I was like, I don't like this. I mean, I think we talked about this when we see Shane again in next generation about how that was also not, maybe the best representation of brain injuries either so yeah that conversation still continues definitely not great I get like I said if it's a PSA fine whatever it's the 80s like we're taking it with a grain of salt I don't like today that would never ever fly (laughs) so but it did then and they felt it was important and honestly I feel like in a show like Degrassi where it's like about the drama it makes sense to bring him back for the shock factor almost. You know what I mean? But like, we have to take it with the eighties. Like this isn't now, like obviously we know now it is wrong, but I understand why they did it. I didn't even see the point of bringing him back because they just bring him back for Spike to say, let's be friends. And then we never see him again. Well, cause like they wanted it to, they wanted you to like, see what happens when you do acid and jump off a bridge. Well, I think we saw that at the end of last season where he comes back from the hospital with a walker. Yeah, but that was like barely. But think, okay, think about it this way. It's like watching Degrassi then. Could you imagine the commercials to be like, and then who makes a special appearance? It's Shane. And everyone's like, oh, Shane, what? I thought he fell off the thing. And then he was like, where was he? Blah, blah, blah. So like, yeah, like obviously they're going to bring it back for like the shock factor. Yeah, I think if they were going to bring him back, they should have brought him back and actually done something with him. Oh, probably. But they weren't going to do that. So (laughs) they just were like, here you go. But this is the last time we see Shane. So (laughs) that's kind of it. Until next gen. Anything else for Spike, though? She didn't really have too much regarding like Emma this time. Yeah, which I was kind of disappointed by because it was such a big deal last season where Spike is like, I'm going to drop out of school because Emma takes up so much of my time and I'm failing and such. Right. But now there's just a Degrassi daycare. Like, wonder what happened to that when JT comes along. (laughs) Right? Yeah, I wonder too if maybe Emma reached the age where she was old enough to attend a daycare now. I think she's like two. Yeah, there's daycares for, like, two-year-olds. So she probably, because I don't think there's ones for, like, any younger, really. But I don't know. I don't have kids. But that would make sense if we're, like, going with that. Sure, daycare exists now. It's free. Drop the kid off. Whatever. It's Canada. Probably is the thing. (laughs) Yeah, I was just disappointed that it was, like you said, it's nice to see Spike getting out there and, like, being more of a teenager. But 
I feel like that is maybe not the most realistic situation for teen moms where they could just drop their kid off during the day. Yeah, I think this kind of just shows the start of like the inconsistency of teen moms. We see it with Mia, you know, Liberty gives up her kid. Jenna keeps the kid for a bit. Like we just don't see the actual follow through of teen parents in this really. Yeah. Oh, well, we still have Emma. And she brings us much more Degrassi later on. <laughs> Indeed. Okay. Anything else for Spike? Let's close things off with our second team mom of Degrassi. Let's go. I guess I guess she doesn't become a mom, but she gets knocked up. Oh, we're going to talk about it. All right. So... Degrassi High starts off with a bang, the start of the banger season premieres. Or I guess we were talking about last season, the season premiere was Wheels' parents. So continuing the trend that was started last season. So Erica isn't feeling well on the first day back to school. She's throwing up in the morning and she's super moody. Heather ends up telling all the girls that Erica had a boyfriend at summer camp and she lost her virginity to him. But... They broke up at the end of the summer for some unknown reason, and Erica has been super moody ever since. Erica ends up telling Heather that she thinks she might be pregnant, so they go to the pharmacy and get a test, which is some weird 80s pregnancy test. I have no idea what that was, but it turns out to be negative for the first one. While they're waiting for the results, though, Erica brings up the option of abortion, or just just... She says, like, oh, it's just a question. And Heather is appalled. She's like, how could you ever even think that? Erica ends up getting another test because she still feels pregnant. And it turns out to be positive. But at first, she does not tell Heather. And later in class, Erica brings up abortion as a point of discussion during, like, Mr. Walfish is like, what do you guys want to talk about? And er Erica's like, abortion. So this is the point where... In classic Degrassi fashion, we get all the different perspectives. Lucy and LD are super pro-choice. Liz and like some of the boys are very anti-choice. They're like, oh, you're killing babies and such. So we kind of get all the sides there. Erica ends up making an appointment with the clinic and signs up for an abortion later in the week. But on her way into the clinic, there are tons of abortion protesters who are like, think about your baby, blah, 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 blah. So Erica ends up telling Heather that she is in fact pregnant and is planning to go to the clinic to get an abortion. And Heather is shocked and says, I cannot go with you. I will not support you doing this. It's wrong, blah, 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 blah. Heather ends up going to Spike to get some advice to be like, hey, you didn't have an abortion. You had a baby. Could you like try and convince my quote unquote friend not to do it? But Spike, being the icon that she is, says abortion wasn't right for me, but things get really complicated when you're actually in that situation. So I wouldn't blame anybody for doing it. So because of this conversation, Heather ends up going with Erica to the clinic with her to support her, even though she doesn't agree with it. And on their way into the clinic, they have to fight through the protesters who end up shoving this little mini fake plastic baby in their face on their way in. Very uncomfortable scene for sure. And I actually didn't know this, but the end of that scene where the little plastic baby is shoved into their face was cut from the American version. Of course it was. Because my my DVD didn't have the end have the end clip of the 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 fake baby. 
And I was like, wait a second, I remember this. So I was like, oh shit, I didn't know that it was cut. So a little fun fact there. But Erica ends up getting an abortion. And a couple episodes later, Heather is concerned that Erica doesn't really ever want to talk about it. But Erica says that she just wants to move on. It's all over, blah, 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 blah. Nancy comes along and tells Heather that she heard people talking about Erica maybe having an abortion, but Heather says that it's just a rumor. Erica is worried about who found out, like who spilled the beans, who, who's doing this, and she finds her locker vandalized, calling her a murderer. In like one of the other episodes, we have a short scene where Liz is in the bathroom and she makes a, a slight offhand comment about abortion being murder. And that she was apparently there in the protester crowd or like on the street or something when she saw Erica and Heather going into the clinic. Later on, the twins end up walking into the bathroom one day and see some more graffiti that says Erica Farrell murders babies. We then have a scene with Liz and Spike where Liz is again talking shit about Erica and Spike is like, you got to give it a rest. And Liz says that her birth dad apparently wanted her mom to have an abortion and beat her mother up to try to, I guess, induce a miscarriage. So this is why Liz is so pro-life, I guess, anti-abortion, because her mom almost didn't have her due to her dad wanting her to have one. But then soon after that, Erica ends up seeing Liz putting another thing of graffiti on her locker and they get into a fight. Yeah, so Liz just being a terror throughout this whole process, essentially. Okay, we then have a short little interlude where we have Heather has a big crush on Wheels. So she and Erica plan a party at their house so that there is an excuse for Heather and Wheels to spend some time together. When the twins invite Snake and Wheels to the party, Snake points out that Heather obviously has a crush on Wheels, but he says they're just friends. At the party, Heather and Wheels end up dancing together, and then they end up going outside to talk. They start making out on the porch, and everybody inside starts watching. So Erica stops them to, like, stop them from being peeping tommed and such. And Wheels leaves Heather, saying that he'll call her tomorrow. However, right after that, he tells Snake that he doesn't really like Heather, and that he didn't really know what to do when they started kissing, and that he doesn't want to call her because he doesn't like her. So he ends up not calling her at all. Heather is very upset, especially because she lost a friend. Very sad. And finally, we go back to abortion things where Heather, literally months after the fact, is having nightmares about the protesters at the clinic. She starts getting worried when Erica starts talking to another boy, Blaine, who is an 11th grader who asked her on a date. Heather points out that it, ha that it has been nine months since the abortion and asks Erica if she regrets it because at this point she would have the baby. Erica says that she does not regret anything and that she just wants to put the past behind her. Heather then warns Erica to be careful with Blaine and to not repeat the same mistakes as with this, this other guy. At the dance, Erica and Blaine run off to like make out in the stairwell similar to what happened a couple seasons ago. And Heather is appalled. She's like, Erica, stop this. You're going to make the same mistakes. Do you even care what you did? And Heather runs off crying home alone. <laughs> For some reason, this is what clues Erica in that Heather is not over the abortion and suggests that Heather go see a counselor, the, the same counselor that she's been seeing, so that she could talk about her feelings. 
And that is it for the twins and their abortion saga. Ooh. So do you know off the top of your head how many abortions have taken place in the Degrassi saga over time? Four. Four. All right. Who do we got? We have Erica. We have Manny. We have Claire. Claire wasn't one, but kind of. Claire could maybe count because the baby was dead inside of her, so she had to get it out. That right. That could maybe medically count as an abortion, but it's kind of a different situation. Okay, so then who are the other two that I can't think of? Think harder. Um, Zoe probably. What? <laughs> I don't know. I feel like she would be. Oh, 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 Lola. Yes. That's three. And nah, I'm not gonna get the fourth. Maybe we'll just have to wait and see. <gasps> the drama. Okay. So let's talk about this though. This is like crazy because wasn't it so dramatic with Manny getting her abortion episode that like they just didn't air it? Yep. And this whole season is about an abortion. So what the heck changed in 20 years for that to be a thing? Isn't that crazy? Well, I think the issue was the network like Degrassi was not on Nickelodeon for this oh right okay that makes sense so I think that was the biggest thing where the people who were distributing Degrassi in the U.S. were like we're not gonna air anything about this abortion whereas I I don't know what network they were on in the 80s I think PBS actually so I guess PBS is just more liberal (laughs) I don't know I think that that's probably true. Yeah. And also, isn't it like paid by the people or something? Oh, yeah. That little message they get. So, yeah, the people wanted to see this shit. That's right. But anyway, it was very interesting to see Erica and Heather kind of go at it with each other about this. I think what annoyed me the most was Heather. In this, I know Liz was really annoying, but Heather really got under my skin this entire season. Yeah, because the thing with Heather is she didn't have the abortion, but she's the one who has all the feelings about it. Erica's like, I I feel bad that I had to have one, but like I'm over it. And Heather's like, nine months later, she's like, I'm still having nightmares about you having an abortion. It's like, girl, get over yourself. I know. I was so shocked by how traumatized Heather was about all of this. Like, I guess, no, there's like no reason. I'm trying to think like, oh, maybe because she was like, you know, she supported Erica through this. No, I don't even think that gives her the reason to like act the way she was acting. Like, it just blew my mind that she, for example, there's the whole thing with the class when they were just all like, oh, what do you want to talk about then? And Heather was like, abortion. It's like, girl, leave your sister alone. You're being obnoxious. Well, it wasn't Heather who brought up abortion in class. It was Erica. Oh, what? Oh, scratch all that. Sorry, I thought it was Heather who said it. No, it was Erica who brought it up because she, I think, wanted to hear both sides because at that point she hadn't decided for herself. 
Oh, all right. I swear I thought it was Heather, the one that brought it up. What? To, like, embarrass Erica. No. Or, like, have Erica, like, hear what people thought about abortion. No. Like, Heather's, like, like when she went to Spike, that's when she was like, I want you to convince Erica to not have an abortion. That was what she was trying to do. But okay. she, didn't, she didn't ever try to, like, out Erica or anything. Yeah, I mean, I would have put a pastor. It seemed like it was freaking going that way at some points, but yeah, I don't know. I just, I just couldn't believe how not a supporter Heather was of Erica. Yeah, it was kind of insane because it was also hypocritical that I know Heather tried to justify this by saying, oh, I've known wheels for years. It's different. But like, you're still making out with a boy at a party. Like, that's not a good Christian whatever you want to call it. Right. And Very she, hypocritical. And then she's slut-shaming Heather for making out with this new boy because she's like, you're gonna get pregnant again. It's like, no, she's not. Calm down. Oh, Erica. No, Heather was slut-shaming Erica. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. No, exactly. Like, it just doesn't make any sense. Like, I understand that Heather felt one way about abortion. I understand that Erica felt another way, but what it comes down to is that it was Erica's decision, as we know, and if Heather was that traumatized by it, then maybe she should have sought out help, but also I I kind of get, like, where it's frustrating, because for her, it's, like, this huge secret she has to keep, right? Like, her parents don't even know, and, like, that's one reason to be mad about it. Like, I think that's pretty rational. If it's like, yeah, this is like a really big thing I have to keep to myself and like, I don't know how to do that. But that's not what Heather's upset about. What Heather's upset about is this like baby that didn't exist. And now her sister, she's like scared her sister's going to get pregnant again and like go through it again. Like why, even if she did, why does it even matter? That's the part I don't understand. Like, I don't get what she's like so stressed about, I guess. Yeah, it was just... Like, like, like you said, I could understand being a little traumatized, especially because of the protesters. Like, that's a scary thing to go through, to, like, have, mm-hmm. like, 20 or so people that were in that crowd yelling at you to not do this. Yes, uh, absolutely. But the fact that she can't get over it at all is just insane. Where it's like, you're not the person who this happened to. Like, you just need to support your sister through this regardless of how you feel about it yeah she's really making this entire situation about her but in reality it has nothing to do with her right and what's even great or even better is that she if she got pregnant she could make that decision to keep the baby then yeah like go for it girl (laughs) yeah it is interesting to me like I wonder if the roles were reversed would Erica feel the same way about abortion if she wasn't the one who was pregnant because like kind of the the trend with the twins for their entire for the entire series is Erica is like the how do risk you say? taker yeah like she, she's more of a risk taker she's more boy crazy whereas Heather has always been more of the goody two shoes and such so I wonder if Heather had somehow gotten pregnant I don't know with wheels or something then would Erica still have the the values that Heather is showing because 
obviously it's kind of it's coming from their parents or from the church or whatever right that would be really I would also be interested to see that part of me wants to think that Erica because she's more of a risk taker she's more open to ideas but she also really sat and thought about this for a while it wasn't like a first thought like at least you know in the future when we see Lola having her abortion she it's not even a shot that she's keeping that kid like there's just no she's like I'm pretty early on like I'm gonna get yeah. an abortion whereas with Erica she definitely put some thought into what was going like what she was going to do but we also kind of knew she was gonna lean towards the abortion because she really did not want to have that kid with some dude she's never gonna speak to again at summer camp like yeah right but I think that overall this was done pretty well like if we think about how the school reacted with spike and emma getting her literally kicked out and if we think back to that season where you know caitlin's writing the letters and she's like no like having a pregnant girl in school isn't going to encourage girls to get pregnant and then we see erica get pregnant and she's like oh my god i literally don't want to be like spike i don't want to like live my life like that i'm gonna get an abortion if anything it's encouraging girls to get abortions right like i don't she's like i don't want the school to treat me like that i don't want to have a baby i don't want to be like spike like i'd rather just not do this at all it's just kind of it's just ironic yeah for sure (laughs) i didn't think about that actually about how because spike was treated so poorly that that could affect how she feels about having a baby right but yeah I think all of it was done well from start to beginning or start start to beginning from start to end I think that Erica making the decision you know taking the taking the pregnancy test it coming back negative still feeling sick taking another one coming back positive now having to make the decision like it was a roller coaster and they did a pretty solid job at it and I think having more haters then people supporting her also shows how unfortunately like realistic it was at that time too well I mean I don't think much has changed honestly I think that the voices of the haters I would like to think are like a little bit dimmer than they were then they still exist for sure but I think now if you're like in your friend group and you get pregnant, and you get an abortion, I think it's more realistic for your friends to, like, support you than for them to write in lipstick on the mirrors, like, go F yourself, basically. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, that's true. Like, the, the the new generations are definitely more open to abortions, generally. That's why I hate Liz in this, too. I just, I think I I brought this up at some point when we were talking about Liz, how shocked I was that she's leaning this way so much because we kind of assumed she was a super left-leaning liberal almost, you know, with the extremist of the animal rights and just, I don't know, her appearance, I guess, is, you know, assumptions. But then all of a sudden she's so right-leaning out of nowhere. Did not expect her to be the one to do this. Well, it's literally the same as Emma because Emma is also like, hugging hugging trees save the squeegee kids right abortion is the one thing emma is like no absolutely not ah that's true that's a very good connection i did not think about that 
and they they justify it in similar ways where emma is like i mean i was a teen i was the i was the child of a teen mom so i wouldn't exist if my mom had an abortion and liz is like well my dad tried to kill me (laughs) right in the womb yeah that's why i feel like for Liz it's a little bit more extreme like that's not the case of what's going on right now no one's trying to murder Erica's baby but I can see like where they're trying to like stress that and also with Liz being friends with Spike too like I I get that but it just was the bullying was horrible yeah like honestly I kind of wish that Spike dropped Liz as a friend after this because it was so much me too I wish something happened to her. Like, you can't act like that. Right? Like, like Spike does say, like, you got to give Erica a rest. I guess, does Spike ever find out officially that Liz was the one tormenting Erica? Maybe that's... No. I think they just really brush that under the rug after Erica, like, confronts Liz about it. Right. They kind of just are like, oh, you confronted your bully. Now it's over. Like, okay. Right, we don't really see anything about Erica versus Liz after their fight, which is interesting. Yeah, they just needed some sort of antagonist, and they decided Liz was going to be it, even though Heather is also an antagonist, in a way. Like, she's not towards Erica all the time, but it's really annoying to see how much the abortion is, like, quote-unquote, impacting the people around her. Like, I feel like that was almost the intention as well. Is like, it's not just about you. It hurts others. And I don't think the Degrassi writers are trying to, like, go that way. But it definitely, I was getting some vibes. I mean, I'd say really the only person who was actually affected was Heather. Liz is just a bitch. (laughs) Yeah. No, I think that that's, I think they wanted to present probably that side as well. But I still don't forgive Heather for acting that way. And also for, like, ruining every chance Erica could have at moving on. Right. I think that the point was more to show both sides of the argument. Right. Because, like, even though, like, I I really doubt that any network in the 80s would air something that is, like, 100% pro-abortion. Right? So they definitely had to be like, okay, we had the, the teen pregnancy in season one. And we had the child. So obviously we're not, like, we're not against giving birth to babies, I guess. (laughs) So that's why they could do the abortion plot in the first place, because they already proved that they won't always just give every pregnant character an abortion, I guess. (laughs) Right. So, So then throughout the season, they have all these plots that show both sides. Like, they have the classroom debate. They have both Liz and Heather disagree with erica's decision to not kind of preach and say abortion is like quote-unquote good so that like yeah because kind of appeasing both sides like showing that abortion does happen but we're gonna we're not gonna tell you how to feel about it yeah that's true okay i guess that's like i'll give heather a little slack then since she's kind of the other side of it right how did you feel about the like protesters thing? Like, like I said, I didn't know that like that last 30 seconds or so was cut because of like 
how it, it did feel kind of graphic in some ways of like that old woman shoving the plastic baby in their faces yeah so how do you feel about that especially now knowing that that part got cut it's kind of funny because not funny but it's it's kind of ironic because at the friggin' new york state fair like the table that's anti-abortion like has those babies to give away as like little just oh don't get an abortion because look at the baby that's how big it is like take one so that's exactly what they give away like it's pretty accurate that's insane i know it's a so that's kind of ironic that they cut it because it's a pretty accurate representation of what people are pushing at these protests but I'm also not surprised because then they were like, oh, now you're making them look really bad by pushing this thing in front of these children's faces. But yeah, that's what happens. That's exactly how it would probably go. Yeah. So like, even though what I just said, they were showing both sides, I I do think the overall message that is sent is pro-choice. Yes, for sure. 100%. Because, I mean, look at Erica's life compared to Spike's it's completely different and Erica's life is almost like you you don't envy Spike you're not like wow I wish I had the baby in high school that looks great like if anything you're like oh I'm surprised Spike isn't envying Erica in the end of all things (laughs) well I don't know if Spike ever knew that Erica was actually pregnant because Heather never said who was pregnant pretty obvious oh that's true yeah because I guess if Liz and her never like had that conversation about Liz like bullying Erica then she wouldn't know although I guess Liz when Liz was talking about Erica to Spike Liz is like oh she had an abortion because I was there apparently oh yeah so then Spike does know yeah so I guess Spike does know but Spike is does not give a shit because she is a good person I was gonna say because Spike is Spike (laughs) I mean yeah what do you think of the ending you feel like it was like it being cut like you said it was you know it was pretty split they're trying to show that it was you know you have other choices and blah 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 but do you think it was just too like vulgar you think it was too disturbing to show you think they were just like eh, you're targeting at us we don't do that yeah I think it was just a little little graphic more than anything yeah definitely and also, like, this is the only abortion of the four where protesters are a thing. Like, Which if- I'm surprised about because, honestly, Lola's season, they freaking love protests in that season. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> like, where was Becky? Come on. <laughs> but yeah, so, I, like, it, it's just interesting how each abortion kind of has a different story on the show. Like, Erica is the one that I think gets the most attention. And has the Absolutely. has the full arc through the season. Manny's is really a one and done, but that was kind of necessary because of the restraints they had. Right. They never talk about it again. Lola's was also kind of a one and done, but that was explicitly pro-choice, where it's like right. the, the point of this is that it's not going to affect the rest of her life. Exactly. The fourth one will get there. I remember the fourth one. I'm not gonna say it though. We'll wait. But anyway, (laughs) (laughs) no, I think what I also liked about this plot versus the other ones that we've seen is that 
there's no man involved. There's no like, oh, should I call him and see what he wants? Like, oh, should I? Or like, like thinking about like with Craig. I know that Craig wasn't really involved. I know Miles wasn't really involved. But we know the men that they hooked up with. We, you know, as an audience, we have like this connection with the man. And like in this, it's just strictly Erica and Heather, like combined, honestly, in this whole situation where they're the ones making the calls and like. Erica's the one that has to make the decision and it's all her and there's no man involved in this and I kind of like it better that way I think not having a connection to who she has the abortion like or who the baby's like dad is it almost makes it better for me yeah because sometimes it is just like a one-night stand though I guess she did apparently date him over the summer but yeah and I like that it's not some dude that we're like that goes to the high school and then we have to deal with all that and like no I'm glad that it was just it was an outside thing and like the main focus was Erica right I think that's a good note to end on I agree I'm over talking about abortion (laughs) for now okay do you want to just end with the the ship of the century Heather and Wheels Heather and Wheels I mean wasn't much to it speaking of one night stands yeah I kind of was thrown off, I guess. Like, I didn't expect Wheels to go that way with it. It was very sudden. Like, he gave it no chance. He didn't even entertain the idea of them being a thing. And it just felt like it it happened so fast. It was like a one and done. Like, they, like, he's going to call me. And then he never calls her. And they run in the hallway. and, And then they're just like, we used to be friends and now we're not. And like, that's it. I was like, what was this? Yeah. I don't really know what Wheels was thinking. Like, what did he say about making out with her at all? He was just like, I didn't, it just kind of happened. I don't know. (laughs) I feel like you don't really just like make out with somebody, at least in high school, out of the blue. (laughs) Well, I guess if you think about it, like, the way that they were thinking about it like they were friends for a while there's like that mutual attraction but overall wheels knew that he didn't plan on dating her but unfortunately heather did not see it from that standpoint so it's just odd i feel like his reaction was odd him running away from the party was odd like it just didn't make any sense yeah we don't really explore that either on his side no it's just like yeah i don't actually like her and i'm not gonna call her (laughs) (laughs) yeah I don't I don't know it was kind of odd I mean they would have been a cute couple I was kind of into it I just thought it was so weird how like there's no way they didn't know people were watching them making out uh I don't even want to think about that that was so cringy yeah it was just weird (laughs) yeah and it was kind of a bummer for her Heather I think she kind of needed a win and it did not go that way I don't think she deserves a win in the season. I think maybe if she got a boyfriend, she would have like laid off Erica for a bit. That's I'd true. like <laughs> that's what I was thinking. Yeah, the other thing with um Heather being so feeling so some type of way about Erica seeing another guy, I think it was kind of jealousy also. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. Because then this happened with Wheels and it didn't work out. So now it's like we're back to worrying about Erica again and you know Erica does kind of pull some guys pretty easily it seems like she's got it going for her yeah 
And I'm sure there is a jealousy piece. Heather has no riz. Heather has no riz. Wow. Are we cool? (laughs) Are we hip? (laughs) Love it. But yeah, that is all I got. Okay. Overall, this season, honestly, pretty up there for me. It's beat it beats some like next generation seasons, in my opinion. Oh, absolutely. It was really good. This was like this was almost better than next generation's first season. I think it was better. I think it was too. I think the nostalgia piece of next generation like made it better, but this didn't even need nostalgia and it was so good i think they did it did a great job on all fronts like it's kind of annoying that they even did junior high at all because this was just great but you know what i'll take some like pre-character development to get to this yeah like what i realized is this is the first season where there are consistent storylines throughout the season like really I was thinking other season-long storylines. We had Stephanie in season one. That was really the only one there. And we had Wheels in season three with his parents. Mm-hmm. It was really the only season-long storylines before this season. But this season, we have Erica and Heather with the abortion all season through. We have Caitlin and Joey and their relationship stuff and each of them kind of doing their own thing throughout the whole season. We have Kathleen and her abusive boyfriend. Lucy's doing film stuff and LD is also having cancer the whole time. (laughs) So it really felt like the season was planned out more explicitly this season than the last where most of the episodes were kind of one and done. Yes, for sure. I think that's why I've said it in previous episodes where this just felt like it was Degrassi. It felt like they did a great job and it like fits right in with what it's supposed to be absolutely love it so who's your favorite character in this whole season uh probably michelle Ooh, okay michelle did do a good job lucy's up there too nice especially because lucy's gay now oh right yeah now you're biased (laughs) i don't know i really liked erica I think that was just, I had a really, it was very interesting to watch the whole, the whole season. Yeah. I think her storyline was really good. I just kind of wish like pretty much after the abortion, everything is from Heather's perspective for the most part. Mm -hmm. I was like, I would rather see more from Erica. (laughs) I agree. Slowly phase out the least important twin. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, overall awesome. And now this leads us into our last season of Degrassi I'm not ready I'm not either because I think we might finish this before the new year if we're lucky if we're lucky well until then thanks for listening and we'll see you soon